This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Welcome to Manawatu Conversations, recollections of the past and sometimes opinions about the future. Today we have with us Bob Stewart, Bruce Markwell, and I'm Stuart Burks. Now, Bob, last time we were talking, um, you mentioned that uh, you spent some time in Fiji mm-hmm. and uh, you were there at the time of the uh, Rambuka uh, coup, if you like. Right. And uh, you came back to New Zealand soon after that. Could you tell us whether that uh, coup had anything to do with you coming back to New Zealand and, uh, and, and your memories of um, what actually happened under that coup? Yes. Well, first of all, my time in Fiji um, was... Um, by and large, a, a wonderful, incredible experience. And um, the Rambuka uh, coup occurred at the time I was um, head of the School of Humanities. And the first thing I knew about it was that my secretary, who was a Fijian, came in with a face uh, very, very grave and said what had happened. And basically, all of the um, then Bavandra government had been loaded onto um, trucks to take to be take away, taken away for detention. Included in that were a number of my previous colleagues. There was quite a lot of um, my colleagues who had actually joined the the Bavandra government, and um, so that was very personal. So yeah. that was pretty um, serious stuff, um, and there were some tr- really tragic um, events. The neighbour uh, to the right of us, and we used to all live on the um, uh, campus, which was in fact previously the Air Force Base for New Zealand during the Second World War. And the buildings were all built, very actually very good homes, beautifully home, beautifully done in terms of getting the natural airflow through. But the, the the family on the chap and the family and his family on the right of us um, had previously written in a book about Rambuka in a very unflattering way, and uh, Rambuka's minions um, had arrested him, and he was subjected to pretty bad psychological torture to the extent that he's still not. The, the person he was wow. before, and um, so that was very very sad. We we joined a little we had a little underground group um, where we used to meet. It was a bit of a bit of cloak and dagger stuff too. Actually, it had its kind of uh, if you if you enjoy kind of detective stories or whatever. When you say underground, was it underground well, or was it, it just behind It wasn't the literally underground, but it was it was definitely yeah. top secret kind right. of stuff. And um, we we were really on the outlook of anything like that. There there were crazy things that the students did. We worked out a deal with basically with the um, with the the uh, illegitimate government. And that was that um, we would continue to do our work. Um, we were a university, not just for Fiji, but for uh, ten other countries. We were, if they if they agreed, and which they did agree, and we sort of minded our business, and they minded theirs to some to some extent. Um, it was somewhat violated, though, by the students, 
who knew that we had this deal with them and they had these young guys like 17, 18 with AK-47s, you know, and they'd go up to them and they'd go like this. Um, oh, the students? Uh, the, so the students to the soldiers. Students, yeah. I'm just doing a oh, very yeah, mocking... Yeah, the finger, the thumb to your nose and wave your fingers at Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Quite sort of in most cultures, it's fairly insulting. Yeah. yeah. And so we had to have a little word to them that perhaps this wasn't the most prudent thing in the world to do. And um, I think I, um, but apart from sort of events like that, um, the interesting there's a there's a sequel to this though because um, Doctor um, uh, one of the subsequent um, prime ministers who who came in and I've just his name has just escaped me had two sons going to Massey, and one afternoon I spent in a on a Palmerston North back lawn with this gentleman who had been a Prime Minister of New Zealand of, of Fiji um, drinking Yangona which is a national drink they mm. just they drink it out of even well the Indians and, and the Fijians so I have that and my sons were very good friends with his sons at Massey and so on so there are a few ways that we really interfaced but one of the things I really want to highlight is that in the international United Nations International year of peace Fiji was the start of that year because the the time begins for the whole entire globe in that area in you know the, that part of the well, you mean the, the time zone the time zone yes mm, okay um, and we therefore had the first official um, uh, event for the United Nations International Year of Peace, and it was a conference on peace which attracted some very interesting and interesting people from around the world. So, uh, was this before Rambuka, you mean? Or, or this was, um, gosh, um, this this was actually prior to Rambuka. Hmm. Yeah, and so it was it was quite um, sad that this 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 happened, hmm. um, and. Uh, we that went off very well, um, and one of the interesting things from a personal point of view, because well, I, one of well, first of all, the vice chancellor was away, and so I was acting vice chancellor. So in that capacity, I, but I was so supportive of it anyway. I was I was involved with it, and so I'd actually opened it, and um, we, one of the people who attended was the then um, Rotary International president. Um, Stanley McCaffrey mm. and he came and he was head of the Rotary Foundation's um, peace, Rotary Peace Forum so I got involved with that and that was a very interesting chapter and they held mm. peace forums in places like um, South America where there mm. were, was significant conflict they had one in Hiroshima and there was one in Melbourne, which I actually chaired, um, and that had the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia and Fran Wilde, who was then Minister of Disarmament. And so there were there were, but and there were some very interesting things. They managed to get quite a lot of conflict type dialogue, you know, in, in stimulate that that parties to talk to each other, and it's just another example of. 
and perhaps it's a good segue, I suppose, into um, into Rotary a little bit. Um, in Rotary's role in acting as a um, s- supporter of not just the United Nations in mm-hmm. its early days in San Francisco, in the, the the meetings which led were to lead to mm-hmm. the establishment of the United Nations, but also UNESCO. And that's something, a story which is not, even Rotarians are not so familiar yeah. with that. They they were actually, they acted as a secretariat mm. in San Francisco for okay. this planning group yeah. that um, led to um, the eventual establishment of the United Nations. Okay. So were you in Rotary at that stage? Uh, yes, I was. Um, so I, where did you join Rotary? Ah, good, when you were in the South Pacific or before you got in, there? In the, in the South Pacific. Who introduced you to it? Ah, <laughs> well, now that's a very good question because um, there was a gentleman, quite remarkable um, um, fellow, um, who introduced me uh, to him, uh, to it, um, uh, Professor William Maxwell. He was from the United States. He was an an, an American black. He'd been to Harvard University, as as I was to do later. Um, Quite outstanding. Um, He's still going strong. He's he's in his mid-90s now. Mm. And he's still as productive as as he was. In what field? In children's thinking. Um, He had an absolute passion about um, uncovering talent in young children and having the ability to to cultivate that and he, he that was his he never actually had children himself not biological mm. actually they didn't even um, adopt because his and his wife was was lovely she but she died uh, some years ago but he was so concerned about that and that was that drove him and he's written many many mm. books uh, I'm still in touch with him but he was a Rotarian, and the um, Rotary Club of Super East was my first club. And it was a small club, um, very multiracial, as Fiji is, and um, he and I were the only, uh, well, I was the only European, actually, in it, as it turned out, because um, um, Bill Maxwell was a, uh, is an American black. Um, and... Um, we used to meet and have great curries. Um, in, you get great curries in Suva. Mm. And uh, we did things like support an orphanage. There's an orphanage, um, St. Christopher's Orphanage in Suva, just out of Suva. And mainly Indian children, interestingly, because the Fijians tend to have a more of a... Um, extended family Mm. kind of network and if one family can't look after the children then there's always an auntie or someone who'll adopt them. Parallel to the Maori structure? Yeah, I think a bit similar, yeah, to that. Mm. Whereas the Indian culture is a little bit more individual, Mm. you know. Mm. And so most of them actually were um, Fiji Indian children and um, Quite, quite delightful and very kind people looking after them. Um, they and were they mainly uh, Fiji Indians looking after them, or were no, they well, the Fijians, they were, or were they mix? It, 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 a bit of a mix, um, and also um, from New Zealand. 
There were okay. some, ang the, actually the Anglican nuns, um, because there is um, a, a nunnery, well there was at one stage in Christchurch, I don't know whether there is now, but they they actually had had um, Anglican nuns who were there. Yeah. Um, and But we used to go out and do stuff, practical stuff. And then my wife Mary, who um, my first wife who, who, who sadly has died, um, was a very good storyteller, you know, and she used to go out and she'd read, she'd either read or just give these stories to these children. They they had enough English to, to do that, and so that was it was actually quite delightful. Mm. Um, so that was that was very special. I was really proud to be a Rotarian. I'd never even had anything to do with Rotary. I didn't know much about it at yeah. all. And so that was the beginning of a rotary journey for me. Which well, is while we're on this path, Bob, you could tell us um, where this uh, rotary experience started to take you, because yes. outside of Suva, you had some other quite high-ranking positions in rotary and and did a lot for it. So if you could just cover that for us now, that would be very interesting. Certainly. Well, that, as I say, really started um, from Rotary Club of Suva East, and then, or well, more particularly, from the conference because we had the uh, um, international president and he personally was also chair of the Rotary Peace Forum which met three times a year in uh, Evanston, Illinois and um, in the Rotary headquarters. So it was quite amazing to actually be sitting there and virtually all of them were previ pre previous presidents of Rotary and very amazing people. Um, the Royce Abbey was an Australian who was uh, a, a um, president of Rotary and he was on it and uh, we later had a, a, a Rotary forum in Melbourne which is where he lives and we went out to his his place and um, it was just, we've got, I've got a photograph somewhere of, of it. Um, um, so that that was great opportunity to to see Rotary close up and see what it actually is doing, you know, in the world, and it's pretty impressive. I mean, you put that alongside a the United Nations, UNESCO, is facilitating that. You put it along the side of um, polio plus, with like billions of children who've been inoculated. Now, Bill Gates has obviously done a lot mm. of good. Too. Just coming back to the the Rotary side of it, you were also involved. I can't remember what it was now with some other major thing from Rotary International? Um, well those were, that was really the main the main thing was the Rotary Peace Forum. Oh okay, right. Yes. Mm. Um, and then of course um, I've carried, that's why I've, um, I've, I've always um, carried on with that but the, um, obviously the um, Polio Plus has been a great passion you know for me um, and um, we have something like 11,000 children that have, from our club, Rotary Club of, of um, Terrace End, that are inoculated because of our interest in being involved in Polio Plus, and so that's really something. Yeah, just you, you might just um, like to explain what Polio Plus is mm. for those of us in Rotary uh, know, know what it, it is, but yeah. uh, you know, perhaps the people that are going to listen uh, won't know that. No, fair enough. Well, polio plus is, polio of course is a diabolical disease, 
Um, there's no actual cure to it. There are a lot of things that can be done to alleviate it. But basically, the deal with polio is that you stop people getting polio. And so having a vaccine is so incredibly important. And what's incredibly important when we've now reached a situation where there's only two countries, Pakistan and Afghanistan, which still have polio, we're all at threat still from polio because it still could make a resurgence. And so polio, uh, the uh, excuse me, Rotary Foundation committed itself to basically dealing to polio on the planet. That, that's been always been their vision. And we're still so close to it. You know. The idea is to completely eliminate. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, what was the criteria for that? For for what? For, to say it is now eliminated. Oh well, um, it, it it's quite specified um, that they sh- will not find any cases of wild polio for a specific period of time. You know, and it's got to meet that World Health Organization criteria to say that, okay, it's, it's um, been abolished. I mean, a country like India, when you think of it, imagine dealing with polio and vaccinating every child in India. I mean, that was pretty And amazing. the program is to vaccinate done, everybody. It, yeah, yeah, every, every child. child. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got all kinds of, um, uh, you know, challenges that have been... Um, some people giving the vaccine have been shot and uh, you know all kinds of things have happened um, but um, why is that what was that why were they being shot well it's it's pretty hard to understand why <laughs> but obviously we know a little bit through going through covid that some people don't like vaccines either but um, yeah. was it in some countries there were sort of rebel groups that didn't trust of, the yeah there's um I think it's 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 obviously a question of information, um, and um, the it's it's hard to to judge the motives really. Um, there are some religious leaders who have who have, have you know discouraged their flocks, as it were, from participating. And um, but generally speaking, most I would say virtually all, including Pakistan, I think now and Afghanistan. The government has been pro um, polio vaccination. I mean, how how could you not be really? Mm. But there it doesn't say that everyone in that country is, and some of it is sheer isolation. Um, you know, some of the um, um, country, some of the uh, little towns in Afghanistan and Pakistan and mountainous areas are so remote. But then, of course, when you look at a country like. Papua New Guinea, I mean, again, incredibly remote, and yet they have managed to achieve full vaccination. So it's very encouraging, actually, what's been achieved, but it's always just that little bit that's still left. That little bit is always the hardest to get at, isn't it? Yes. And I I think I'm right in saying, Bob, that um, the Bill Gates Foundation subsidises a dollar for dollar for every New two, Zealand... Two dollars. Two dollars for, for every dollar Rotary raises. So, yeah. you know, they're right behind it big time, if you like. Big time. Mm. And, no, it's it's been a huge contribution because 
it's it's incentivized rotary you know by doing that I always think it's a very good way of if, if you're doing a donation if you can incentivize the organization to to do it in the way that rotary has been incentivized mm. 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 so uh, <coughs> you've been responsible for once a year organizing our rotary club which is the rotary club of TSN mm-hmm. um, in uh, honoring this if you like and trying to get some extra funding mm-hmm. um, you've done that you might be able to tell us just a little bit about the roughly the amount of money that's been raised through that cause and uh, well and um, you know the, the number of lives that we might have saved or yes mm-hmm. well we we've um, we've saved eleven thousand um, basically um, obviously saved them from getting polio um, and uh, Obviously, we've had speakers. Um, we had one gentleman who's who's post who's now suffering from post polio syndrome, which is a very nasty um, kind of aftertaste of polio that you get over polio, you get your life pretty well sussed, and then you get post polio. Tends to come in later in life. If yeah, I remember, doesn't it? It, it does, and um, so that's something that that I, as a member now of Rotary Club, with of um, Terrace End, um, which is my third club actually, I was a member of Palmerston North Rotary Club, um, we can be very proud of, um, but also of course our collection of spectacles for the Pacific Islands, mm-hmm. which is something else that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say a little word about that. Yeah. yeah sure. um, well that all started at a uh, it was actually a service at the St. Andrew, the old St Andrews Church, which has been done up with Presbyterian Church, and the minister was sort of making a point about um, glasses, and he got people to bring old glasses, and I, I can't remember exactly what the point was, but it was sort of the idea that you see the world differently through different glasses, and he drew. Mm-hmm. You know, just a spectacle, not drinking glasses. Not, not drinking glasses. No. <laughs> Although that does affect how you see. <laughs> Probably. If, oh yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, so we we ended up with people bringing a whole lot of old glasses, uh, uh, spectacles that they didn't use, and then suddenly the penny dropped, and I said, "Well, look, what's going to happen?" And he says, "Oh, you can take those away." And something. So I, I actually had a little word to the minister after the service and I said, look, for crying out loud, uh, tell them to put all their old gla- old spectacles in a box and I will take them because I'd heard somewhere that they could be recycled. I didn't know much about it. But anyway, when I made my inquiries, I discovered that actually Lyons uh, has been very active and they actively work with Rotary. There's a, a joint project for collecting spectacles, testing them for what their prescription is, shipping them over to the Pacific Islands, and then experts go um, and match up the spectacles with the people who need them and can't afford them. So that's how we sort of got going with, with the thing. I thought, well let's do it we've been doing it now for gosh what it must be about six or seven years I you think. must be yeah. Yeah. yeah but we've collected three thousand spectacles the rotary club of tales end and mm. that's just one mm. people one and, group and these are all spectacles that might have under other circumstances been discarded 
That's right. Mm, or just take up back unused useless space in mm. in your back drawer or something like that. Yeah. So people really came forward, and we had a little. After every year, we have our um, our um, we have our um, obviously our polio plus, but I always throw the spectacles in, and we now have a nice box. Um, for that, which I try and remember, um, I get help yes, sometimes <laughs> to pick yeah, it up. a collection box the, at each meeting. Yeah, that, that's yeah. right. And and you get people dropping them yes, off each time well, as you, well. Yeah. You probably noticed it's about half full that one. Mm. And and I did a facsimile of that at uh, All Saints Church, and that keeps on mm. collecting them as well. Plus, we collect them from the op- optometrists. Mm. Um, and we we some of those some of those already actually recycle them, which mm. is which is good. Mm. So that's been. Uh, I think I think the beauty of it is that it costs you nothing. I mean, there's no. Mm. What are you going to do with these old spectacles? It's a use, and people really warm to the idea that maybe it can benefit someone else. I, I think it's brilliant because um, I've seen one or two photos of some of the recipients of the um, mm. these glasses, and mm. just to see their faces and mm. the realism that they can now see again, where they haven't mm. been able to, or, or mm. see much better than they were able to prior to mm. that. So mm. I think it's a very good cause. Mm. Good. This is part three of four. Tune in next week for part four. Thank you for listening to Manuatu Conversations. This and other recent programs can also be found on the Manuatu People's Radio website and a range of programs is also available on the Manuatu Heritage website of the Palmerston North City Archive. The address for that is manuatuheritage.pncc.govt.nz Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.